Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hiya guys, just Andy Campbell, ex-Middlesbrough and Cardiff City player. Um, you can catch me talking everything championship um, only on Ace Podcast Nation. Please don't miss it. Excellent show. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 14 of the Andy Campbell Championship Show, only on Ace Podcast Nation. It's one week till the biggest day of the year. Yes, it is my birthday next Monday. I'm Sai, your host, and I'm joined by ex-Premier League and Championship striker, Cardiff City legend, Mr. Andy Campbell. We have three main featured games from the weekend's round of matches, which we focus on as well as talking all the other games. Given our two for two, we where we select two players who've had a nightmare or a blinder, and Andy will answer your questions no matter how weird or off the cuff they may be. And there is one really weird one this week, uh, as well as the soon-to-be award-winning ten-second segment, the best segment in podcast anywhere. The fake Geordie Bingo Lingo, where Andy teaches me something about his northern culture, whether it be food or slang or a well-known phrase, could be anything, because, uh, you know, cultured, cultured northern man, as it were. So joining me to talk all these subjects and more and provide his expert in analysis is the one and only goal-scoring machine, Mr. Andy Campbell. Welcome, buddy. Hello, mate. How are you? Am I mate? We got there eventually. Like, yeah, you know, me and Andy. Like, what we should do is start recording the conversation before we start recording the podcast, <laughs> and we could put it out as a whole separate podcast. <laughs> it's like an outtake up at his best, isn't it? Yeah, and then just as I started, then the Andy says like banging the microphone. Or something. I wasn't. I was just scratching, <laughs> scratching my beard. <laughs> so yeah, what an interesting week. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's. Um... Uh, it's just the championship at its best, isn't it? You know what I mean? I think football in general has taken a, a bit of a hiding since um, the racism, VAR, managers, players, interviews, pundits. I think it's, it's the gift what keeps on giving. That's what I think. That's, that's the best way to describe it at the minute. Yeah, it is. It's all over the shop. So, before we get into uh, into the bits and the pieces, uh, just do all the plugs to get them out of the way at the start and then we can go so all the shows and series are available in video format at youtube.com slash ace podcast nation and audio at all the usual podcasting platforms iHeartRadio, radio and the like 
today we dropped the f- second episode of the Danny Button MMA series where myself and Danny discussed UFC 244, uh, the Cage Warriors from last weekend and all the latest MMA news. And Danny took your questions. Very interesting. And uh, Danny's knowledge is just incredible. Um, we've also got a couple of new unscripted and uncensored plans which are coming over the 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 coming months and weeks we got uh welsh boxers gavin gwynn uh cody davis and former premier league referee jeff winter joining us uh i haven't recorded those shows yet so you can send in the questions if you go to the facebook page or twitter page there's posts up to send in questions they don't have to be about boxing or football they can be about absolutely anything uh, so anything you want to hear their views on or opinions, just send them in. And uh, those shows are always fun because they go a bit off the rails when people ask weird stuff. Or like start talking about politics or something. It's always interesting. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. With football, music and weekend carnage high on the agenda, they aim to bring you some exclusive products. They are edgy, controversial, but most importantly, current. From t-shirts, polos, shorts to hoodies, jackets and accessories, stick with them, and they aim to bring you terrace wear that will turn heads and provide the cutting-edge look we all crave. Okay, so that's the plugs and stuff. Got to do that. Bring in the followers, bring in the, the listeners and the viewers and all this stuff. So now we're going to talk some football. They... Um, so the last few weeks, we've had, um, before we've got into the games, there's been various things to discuss. Um, so we've ended up, we had a bit of a rant last week. Certainly I did, and then you did a bit as well. Yeah, I just jumped on, I jumped on the bandwagon side, didn't I? Yeah, that's jumped it. Jumped on your bandwagon. You, mm-hmm. might jump on mine, you might jump on mine this week. Yeah, I got a feeling that might be coming. So what we decided is we're going to have a little segment before we go into the games each week, which is called Any Other Business where myself and Andy, we can bring up anything football-related subjects outside the championship as well, just anything which we want to talk about, anything which has uh, pissed us off a little bit or made us laugh, whatever it may be, we can talk about it. So uh, I'm going to start, mate, because it's been brewing since the, the middle of last week. Um, Derby County announced that they... I stole yours, didn't I? Straight away. Uh, I haven't stolen it. I'm just... It's, um, you, you said there about things that have made us laugh. It's 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 angered me that much. I think that it's starting to make me laugh about it. That they're yeah, starting to become a, a laughing stock. But go on, carry on. So that last week, Derby County announced that they've sacked club captain. Uh, I've, I should have brought the R club. I believe the the wording was for gross misconduct. Now I've got a massive issue with this because. Um, so first of all, I think I've said before I'm really really against drink driving. You know, as most people are, but I've had it. It's affected my friends and my family, my extended extended family in the worst possible way. Um, and so I am quite harsh on it. And I just think, you know, get a taxi, like, for everyone. But for footballers, even more so, because you've got enough money in the bank. You know, you're not scratching down the back of the sofa to find money for a cab or an Uber home. You know what I mean? There's, there's enough ways to get home in this day and age without driving after you've had a few beers. And these guys didn't just have a few beers. They were drinking pretty much all day. So Derby sacked Richard Keogh. Now, let's just get this right. Richard Keogh did not drive drunk. Richard Keogh was left unconscious in the back of a wrecked vehicle, which had been involved in a high-speed crash. 
and effectively left, you know, for dead. Because, and I know that sounds like a bit dramatic, but the two guys, uh, Lawrence and Bennett, as far as I'm aware, are not doctors, certainly not ER doctors. So they did not know uh, he was unconscious. They did not know if he was just unconscious because he'd fallen asleep. They did not know if he'd broken his neck, killed him, you know, he'd been killed, been hurt, whatever you want to say. They then left. So he didn't do any of that. He was just left at the scene. And then he also had a potentially career-threatening injury because of his age. And even if without his age taken into account, the, the nature of having such a serious knee injury is, you know, it would be career-threatening th- for anyone. But at his age, I think it's more so. Uh, was he stupid? Absolutely. Is he the club captain? Should he have known better? Most definitely. But if you are going to fire him for gross misconduct then you absolutely have to fire the other two. You have to. I don't care. I understand the reasons for it. Um, and like I was just, we were discussing on social media, people, and they were saying, well, it's their age, and it's the, you know, other clubs will snatch, snatch them up. I don't care. Either sack all of them or don't sack any of them. But you can't sack the one guy who is like kind of least to blame and came out the worst of it. And also, I feel like, Derby as a club had the opportunity to make a statement to the footballing world and to footballing fa- football fans and to players of their club, young players in their club and players everywhere else in that this behaviour is not okay. It's not, you know, it's not acceptable in any way. What they did was very, very serious. They could have killed themselves. They could have killed someone else. And then, they left the scene of an accident, which I'm not sure the, you know, the maximum punishment from that with the police. But I know they take it very seriously because um, it's effectively, you know, it's hit and run, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so to me, it's, I think it's disgusting. I think I my personal opinion is that they should have sacked all three and they should have made a big statement about it and said, you know, Derby County does not tolerate this kind of behaviour and drink driving. Drink driving is very serious, et cetera, et cetera. I understand the business side of it, but Derby County is not struggling for money. And I know a couple of people said to me, uh, oh, they've got to pay for Rooney. So they've moved his wages off the, you know, off the, uh, off the wage, but they've moved Keogh's wages off the wage bill as well to pay for Rooney. But as far as I'm aware, and I'm, you know, the strong rumor going around is that, uh, the, is it bet three, two or the the sponsors are paying for Wayne Rooney. So it's a case of, you know, Derby are not struggling for a few quid and they could have made a statement about drink driving and punishing these guys. However, last point I'll say, the last point I'll say is that they, should have, they could have just sacked none of them. And people would have probably been all right with that if they just left it at the fines and the two who go to court, you know, if they get sent to prison or they whatever their punishment is in court then that's what it is but in terms of sacking them i really feel like that it was either all of them or none of them you can't kind of do one or the other um what do you think mate um it's the wording for me it's the it's the gross misconduct so the gross mis- misconduct is uh, because you're on 25,000 pound a week and you're not an asset to the football club anymore you get the sack 
That is absolutely disgraceful behaviour by a football club. You know what I mean? That For me, they've got a duty of care. The club have got a duty of care along with the players have got a duty of care. The players have got a duty of care for each other. They've got a duty of care for um, the young supporters, uh, male, female, elderly. They've got a duty of care for everybody. But the club's got a duty of care to uh, Richard Keogh and, and that's to get him back playing or back to a level of um, um, life expectancy, you know what I mean, to be able to walk again properly and get him, get him fit and healthy, you know what I mean, because he's their, he's their player. And I, I just feel, um, I feel as though they've let, um, they've let him down and they've let every other player down in that football club because uh, if a young player from Derby County goes on holiday in the summer to um, oh, wherever and um, they're messing about on a night out and they slip over and dislocate their ankle, are they going to do the same thing because it was alcohol-related if that happens? You know what I mean? Because now they're set a president now. So every alcohol-based... Um, event that happens with a Derby County player and a, a serious injury happens, then their policy is to get rid and sack through yeah. a through a um, gross misconduct um, uh, field or avenue. Uh, but I think it's an absolute disgrace. You know what I mean? Because I think I think it, it, the punishment, you know what I mean? You've punished someone who, who was a passenger in a car. Do you know what I mean? You've got... and. Tom Lawrence drove the car, scored two goals on Saturday. I'm going to mention him later on. Um, so he's a massive asset to that football club. They have no intention of getting rid of him. The players have accepted six-week fines. Richie Keogh should have been handed the same thing um, to, to, do, to, to do community service in the area, uh, be an ambassador to the football club. He would, he would hurt just as much as anybody else having to watch football games week in, week out because he can't play. So every single game or day he was at that football club, it would have burnt a hole in his heart knowing what he'd done. Because he'd done it to himself, and he chose, he chose, like the other two chose, to get in that vehicle. You know what I mean? So, uh, I'm, 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 I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I find it laughable that the football clubs handle things in this, in this, in this way. And, and I just, uh, I don't know. I fear for football in a, in a, in a way because if this is, if this is how business-like football's gone, then I'm glad I'm away from it. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't like it at all because footballers make some ridiculous decisions at times because for whatever reason. And, 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 and it happened when I was a player. I made some stupid ones when I was a, when I was a player because you, you get everything thrown at you um, and, you're, and you think it's the right thing at the right time. But he's a human being, you know what I mean, as well. And he needs educating and educating the right way, regardless how old he is. You know what I mean? He... Who knows what's going on in his head? Who knows? Especially now, he's been sacked. He's not playing football, so now he's in a he's in a mental state of you know what I mean. And and let's say the worst comes to the worst, and something happens to Richard Keogh. You know what I mean? Derby of Derby will will have had a major impact on what happens in the future to Richard Keogh. So if they're happy with the way that they've handled themselves, I'm not personally to another, another human being. I think they should have supported him a little bit more and um, through through tough times and. And, and through the mistake that he made, he decided to do. But you know what I mean? It's 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 made Derby County for me a laughing stock in the Championship and in English football. Yeah, they um, his agents put out uh, like a statement today. Obviously, like the other side of it is Keogh's been at the club I think seven years. I just read so seven seven years he's been at Derby, which is you know no mean feat these days. The players yeah. don't tend to stick around that long. Yeah, his club, he's you know he's club captain, um, so they could have stripped. So, like you say, they 
the the other two have been ordered to pay uh, ordered by the court to carry out 180 hours of unpaid work community service so what the club could have done is given him the same six weeks maximum weeks you know fine they could have stripped him of the captaincy they could have then told him to go and you know do work within all the community and the foundations that the club works with um at the same time the other two are doing their community service or when he's you know when he's physically able to do it but uh they've basically you know they've just chucked him on the scrap heap and said oh you're not you're not worth uh any money to us because when we can't sell you and yeah. we don't think another club's going to pick you up so you're gone yeah um i think it's and 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 he's another just last thing i'll say there is there his agent also said that he was absolutely shocked by the dismissal and he thought that uh the club should have richard should have been treated like family he deserved to be treated like family and given support and uh, help that he needs. He's obviously hurting, he's heartbroken, uh, and his world has been completely uh, rocked. Mm. Um, and I think that pretty much is like spot on. Yeah. Rightly so. And, and uh, to, uh, we could go about it all day, you know what I mean? It's a story in itself, you know what I mean? And, 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 and we said earlier that the game on Saturday against... Um, against Middlesbrough, took a back seat a little bit and that's a shame that because it was a big game for two big football clubs and and for the football game to take a back seat because of what's going on and Philip Koku to come out after the game and say it's been such a tough week. Uh, tough week in terms of what? Tough week in terms of the, the club the club made that decision. So it didn't have to be a tough week. The club decided for it to be a tough week. The tough week was weeks and weeks and weeks ago when all this came about. You know what I mean, and 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 they're saying and they're saying now that this is the hardest week. That that's this is this rubbish. The club decided this, so the club decided to to put the the, the football club, the fans, um, into this hard week. You know what I mean? There's no there's no good time to do it, but you could have done it in an international break uh, last week. Yeah, why drag things on? You know what I mean? Why not wait till the next one? Why not? Why not just tell him he's? It just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Pay him off pay him off because he's going to take him to a tribunal anyway he's going to have to you know what I mean because he's still got a contract then and, and and in my head you know what I mean apart from having a night out I don't know what, what rules he's broke do you know what I mean so there's, there's, there's going to be something this isn't the end of it sign this is the, the frustrating thing for me you know what I mean because Richard Keogh is going to end up being hated from Derby County because he's going to end up taking them to a tribunal and the, the service that and by the by this isn't me being pro Richard Keogh because I'm not a big fan of his. You know what I mean? As you know, he's made some poor decisions as a player. You know what I mean? He's done what he's done along with the other the other two fools and getting in the car. However, I think he's a victim here, and I think you know what I mean. I think it's out of order. Yeah, I agree. He um, he's gonna uh, end up probably suing him. I think because, like you say, what did he do really? You know. Uh, he yeah. was on a he was on a club organised day out or night out or whatever you want yeah. to say. It was organised by the club. Yeah. And he had too much to drink. Well, you know, everyone in the world or everyone who drinks has done that at some point. Yeah. Um, did he make some poor decisions by getting in the car? Of course he did. But yeah, should he have, maybe he should have known better and he should have advised the younger players. But then you don't know. Maybe he did try to advise those younger players. They didn't listen. And then he thought, well, the best best way I could help him is by coming with him. 
Yeah, I no, don't know. Just... I don't know what his thought process was, but we weren't we weren't there. Nobody was there with us, so no, no, that's it. So, um, have you got any other any other business which you would like to discuss today? Um, I have. I've got. Um, uh, I've got a problem with managers and managers getting sacked. And um, I thought Stoke City's timing of uh, Jones getting sacked was was very poor. Um, playing again tonight, I think they've just gone one 0 down uh, against West Brom. Um, and then, but the new manager's coming in, so I'm, I'm I'm against it, but then I'm for it. So I'll, I'll use Mark Bourne as an example. So Mark Bourne took over a really struggling Reading side, and since he's took over, he's turned the club back around again. Because I thought they were excellent at, uh, at times um, before they got the sack, but then obviously Mark Bourne's come in and and, and and has got a different structure. So I'm I'm against managers getting the sack, but then if it brings success and brings good times to a football club, then. And maybe I'm all for it. So it's just a, it's a it's a it's a it's a grey area at the minute. You know what I mean? Because it's a it's a catch twenty two. Because the grass isn't always greener, and and I think certain football clubs are going to find that out to their uh, detriment. I think over the next uh, few weeks, a few of them. Yeah, they um, like the Cowley brothers as well. Look what they've done it with Huddersfield. Yeah. They um, my thing with it is for the last I'd say probably I don't know, say end of September, start of October. I think that they've generally, there's been one or two uh, poor performances, generally they've looked better and they've looked like they're starting to come together and then they had those couple of wins and everything was rosy again. You could see, yeah. you know, he was he was bang passionate and then, and then they've, you know, they've lost a couple of games and then they've sacked him. Now, yeah. I understand that they're right down the bottom of the league and team that size can't risk going down. But equally, in the championship, Anybody can lose two games in a row. Anybody to anybody doesn't yeah. even doesn't even matter if you're top of the league and you're playing the bottom two in your next two games. You could still go and lose those games very easily. And I just they feel like they. I don't want to say they rushed into it because I feel that you know that he has been given a bit of time. But equally, when did he come in? The summer. Yeah. You know, we're not even at Christmas. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. I think I think they've I think they've but it's the timing of it for me, Sam. You panic after they've picked up, so they've got more points than they yeah. have before. If they'd have done it now after carrying on bad performances and they hadn't won last week, I could probably accept it a little bit. But they've they've shown how how you know, for me they've picked up in pockets and they watch more of the games than we do, so they must have seen bigger improvements than what they've than what we have. So I just find I find it the timing strange for me. Yeah, and the, I thought the players was you know they were really playing for him as well. Like yeah. there didn't seem to be very many games where they completely, you know, like down tools or gave up. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one. I I can't say I'm particularly impressed, but no. you just don't know what you know. You don't know how it's going to go, do you? But nah, to no. give you know, let's be clear. He came in in the summer. He hasn't had it till Christmas, and they binned him off. Yeah. Why would any manager want to go there? I got to be honest. Yeah, I know. because you know you're not going to get. He's not going to get. If a new, this new manager comes in, he's not going to get to the end of a season by the no. by by the way they've been over the last couple of years. No. So why would you risk it? You know, I no, wonder no. whether Nathan Jones regrets going there at all and not staying with Luton. But you know, here we go. Yeah. Um. And interestingly enough, we put a poll out uh, asking. You know, if people agreed with it, if they disagreed with it, if they thought he deserved more time, 
or he was turning it round. I think I worded it, and uh, the I think it was something like sixty percent of people voted that you know they should have given him more time because he was turning it round. So yeah. that you know that tells a story in itself. Yeah, of course, yeah, course. Um, and speaking of polls, obviously each uh, each Saturday night I put out polls to vote for the three main featured games, so you guys can choose the the games the the three we focus on. Uh, so this week our first game is Cardiff City versus Birmingham. Um, I'll let you go first on this because I've got a few things. Um, well, I'll, I'll go with the start um, because I thought uh, the start was absolutely shocking. And um, we spoke about um, the hangover or lack of hangover from the Swansea game. You know, I mean, poor start and gave away such a um, uh, such a... And not Neil Warnock goal again off a set piece. They've got so much height in the Cardiff City side, but they look so vulnerable off the things that have been so successful over Neil Warnock's tenure as a manager, not just a Cardiff, but as a as a professional football manager. Um, so all over the players give away a set a goal off a set piece. And if it wasn't for um, it wasn't for the post, uh, and I think a little flick off Etheridge, it should have been two nil. Um, I think they they got very fortunate with a penalty. I've watched it. I must have watched it about 13, 14 times, and I still. I still can't get why it is a penalty. I, I see it happening every single corner. So if that's a penalty, it's a penalty for every single corner. You know what I mean? So I just I'm I'm I, I am a little bit confused with it. But I'll, I'll, I'll go on to some of the some of the, some of the Cardiff ones as well. Um, I thought Cardiff looked dangerous as well from from set pieces. Uh, Aidan Flint pulled off a, a goalkeeper pulled off a great save from his header. Um, Nelson got the rebound. Nelson scored a goal which got ruled out for. Uh, I think it was offside or a, or, or a foul. Uh, Mendes Lang back to his best on the right hand side, doing doing bits and bobs like he, like he can do, but just needs to be more consistent in in my eyes. And and uh, I thought I want to finish with with just the, the the three from Joe Rawls because for a player to score three goals is is great. You know I was lucky enough to to score three for Cardiff and um, and it was a massive achievement for me. But to do it as a midfield player, regardless if it's penalties or it's free kicks or it's set pieces, regardless what it is, to score three goals in one game for midfield is is phenomenal and um, he's, he, he took his two penalties fantastically well um, and his second goal I thought was, was outstanding you know what I mean great play by, for, for Mendes Lang and the way he curled it in the far, the far corner was excellent but Cardiff's just not doing things very easy you know what I mean I think last year that had been a 3-0 victory uh, sorry the, the season went up 3-0 victory comfortable very easy look, look forward to the next game but the letting teams and poor sides like Birmingham getting back at them and, and, and causing them problems and um, and I think it's just uh, it's just it's just going to cause them um, it's going to cause them a lot of problems if they're not careful with uh, with letting as many goals in as they are because they're looking more shaky at the back. And for me, and I said this last week and the week before, on paper Cardiff City have got a better defence this year than they probably ever have in the past. But they're they're, they're looking all over the place, and it, and, it, and it needs to be eradicated pretty early before it uh, before it causes even more problems. Yeah, look, I. Um... I said, I think it was last week, or might have been the week before, the Cardiff need to find goals from midfield. So I'll start with that. Joe Rawls, I thought, had a very good game. And like you say, to get three goals as a midfielder is excellent. Obviously, two well-taken penalties and a good finish. Yeah. Same Mendes Lang, I thought, was pretty good. Did They had, they brought in Curtis Nelson in defence, who's even taller again. So they had yeah. more height. Now, it was so bad before the penalty, the first penalty that the fans were chanting, sort it out towards Warnock. Now, yeah. I, we kind of won 4-2. Great, three points. Good. On From a purely result point of view, 
after the South Wales derby loss, great, great comeback. But Cardiff were poor. Cardiff yeah. were not good again. They're so disjointed. Yeah, man, it's almost like they're relying on individuals all the time rather yeah. than like a game plan or tactics. Um, and I think he's got a big problem because the defence looks dreadful. They just don't look organised. They look as if they're not sure what they're doing, what their jobs are. Joe Rawls is having a good season. Bakuna is up and down. Pack hasn't been the same, I don't think, since he's come back from injury as he was like the first couple of games. Um, the wingers, we've discussed at length, they're so inconsistent. All four yeah, of cons- them. Consistency's f- killing them, yeah. All four of them are good enough to play for the you know top of the championship, maybe even Premier League on their day, but they just can't get it together. Um, and I thought Cardiff were very, very fortunate to get three points on Saturday. Um, obviously, you had the Danny Ward sending off just after half time, which did, you know, that helped uh, Birmingham. Birmingham get it back to three two with a you know a wonder goal. What a strike that was! Yeah, great finish, miles yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and I think what helped them then after that was that obviously. Uh, his name I forgot his name um the Birmingham player got sent off uh just towards the end but it, that just took the pressure off in the last few minutes and then obviously they get the penalty to make it 4-2 and it yeah. looks a lot more comfortable than what it was because yeah. you know it was not comfortable it was uh I thought it was poor and I know some people will slate me for that and they'll say oh they went 4-2 what more do you want well, what I want is a, a, a team which looks like they're all going in the same direction. I think it's a high standard side. The high standards are what Neil Warnock has set, you know what I mean, and yeah. been delivered this season, unfortunately. You know what I mean? And, and uh, we spoke about this at the start of the season. The Championship is the hardest division, but for me, it's got 10 times harder with the way that no team's running away with it this year. Normally, a team will run away with it and, and everyone can play catch up and go and try that go and try and, and, and catch that, that team who's face who's going to try and get the Holy Grail. This year, there's not one team running away with it. There's about four or five in a pack and it's gonna it's gonna be a, an enthralling season because the pack the top four at the minute are, are doing doing consistently well and then there's probably a little bit of a gap which I think teams are gonna fall away and then there's probably the, the Fulhams and the Cardiffs and the expectations and the sides who everyone including me and you who thought they were going to do really well or better than they were going to they're going to have a good run sooner or later I mean if that's two wins and then a, a drop points and then some more you know what I mean they'll, they'll, they'll claw it back over the course of the season but it's just if the if that if that pack the the Swansea the West Broms who are winning again tonight Leeds United who won again at the weekend uh, they can't afford the gap to get to get too big because the, the, the games run out and by Christmas um, you know, what I mean, the games come thick and fast as a game every couple of days, and you know, what I mean, you can't afford to be that that far, that far, that far behind. And you know, the way the Cardiff did it really well last year, they'd they'd win the home games really comfortably, they'd go away from home, they'd pick up a draw, or sometimes they'd sneak three points, and it's that's the way to do it. You're churning points away all the time. And at the minute, Cardiff are winning one, losing one, drawing one, you're dropping too many points over the course of a season over a two week period, and Cardiff can't afford to do it. And, and I seen Neil's interview after the game, and. And he more or less stuck two fingers up the fans a little bit. That he he said that 
uh, I, I'm glad I was able to sort it out because the fans were asking me. The fans are passionate. The fans care. The fans want him to get it right. The fans aren't there to, for him to lose his job. The fans want him to, after a negative negative game against Swansea City, to come come home against Birmingham and hit the ground running straight away. That didn't happen. So what does he expect? Does he expect the fans just to go? Oh, it's all right. We'll 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 just we'll just. We'll just bypass this, this this other game. You know what I mean? That they want to win every game. That the standards Cardiff City set is the one to win every single football match, and and they're even more upset and angry after what happened last Sunday, and rightly so. So this game was always going to be a passionate affair, and yes, it's the ninety-minute game. Yes, they got off to the worst possible start. It could have been a lot worse. And for me, the goal off the set piece per were defending. The second one could have been two 0 hit the post. For me, I'm, I'm still unsure about the penalty. So. For me, Cardiff City got a little bit of luck. You know what I mean? More luck than uh, than probably a lot of teams are having at the minute. So you know, they count themselves lucky a little bit that they, they, they got themselves in a position to to win the game. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. I think um, they were lucky. Uh, so here's a here's a, a question for you, I guess. Um, a friend of mine texted me uh, over the weekend and said that no matter what happens, Neil Warnock should not be sacked uh, or moved out of the job. Until he, they should let him finish the season, so that because this is his last season in football, um, so they shouldn't do him a disservice. You know, they shouldn't make him look bad in his last season. They should just let him, you know, see out his season regardless okay. of what happens. Now, okay. um, to me, that's absolute crap because no, no sentiment. There's no sentiment in football. You can't. Unfortunately, they can, yeah. you can take him down, mate. The way yeah. they've played this year. If you to- if if you looked into the future and you told me, oh, they're bottom of the league or they're in the bottom four with five games to go, I would believe you because of the way they've played all season. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that that will be the case. I think Warnock's good enough to comfortably keep him up and probably, you know, get a top six finish. But mm. things do need to change. And uh, what is even more worrying is the the... Read in today how if they don't pay this Salah fee that they're going to end up having a transfer ban for three windows, which would be catastrophic because yeah, it would be, yeah. the last two windows have been so poor, which yeah. is why they're in the position they're in. To, if they, they can't afford to have three windows of not being able to sign anyone. So yeah. uh, I don't know why they don't just pay the money because it is a bad look. But um, we got a question about that, so I won't, don't want to say too much about it because... Uh, okay, I want to hear your views on the question. Um, yeah, Birmingham, I thought, were pretty good in spells. Um, very, I think, very I think they're, having a be- they're, having a be- they're having a better season. I think um, we spoke about them a couple of weeks ago, similar to QPR, that everyone expected, well, I certainly expect them to really struggle, you know what I mean? And and that they're, giving, they're giving a better account of themselves than, than I thought. So, you know, I hope it continues because I watched them quite closely when they played Middlesbrough a few weeks ago and I was... I was uh, massively impressed. So you know, I mean, they're, they're certainly improving and evolving as a as a side under the new manager. So yeah. So next up was uh, Derby two Middlesbrough nil. Um, uh, game started decent for Middlesbrough. To be fair, they started it really well. Uh, British Ambalonga had a, oh, a wonderful opportunity. I don't know why he took an extra touch. Um, open goal. Um, defender. It, it took around the goalkeeper. Could have just. Tapped it into a, to an open net. Took another touch. Two defenders closed him down, and then after that, it was it was all one way traffic. Um, Tom Lawrence scored his first goal uh, after a good one, a good one two with Chris Martin, um, and then according to the manager, the game changed on the sending off. Um, George Savile 
shocking tackle, deserved a red card. 100% um, dismissal for me. Um, and then, uh, according to the middles of a manager, that, um, that the game was over for them um, because they had 10 men. But people, people decided to do these tackles. The tackle's a red card. It's, it's a ridiculous decision. But Derby absolutely dominated, created chance after chance. Ainsley Pairs kept Middlesbrough in it. Um, and then uh, Tom Lawrence got a second goal after... A neat and tiny run, took it on his left foot and just uh, just calmly slotted it in. And I was I was impressed with Derby because um, I didn't think it was going to be a great game after um, after what happened in the week. But I think uh, I think I remember after the crash that Derby won that game. So I was I was fully expecting a, a response from Derby um, and a positive one. So um, obviously I've uh, I spoke to a few people on social media before the Derby game because of uh, a bit of banter we've had over the over the course of a couple of seasons and. Um, I think I think we all agreed that that Middlesbrough were going to be dominated for long parts of the game, and and they're just really struggling, mate. To be fair, I, I, I keep coming on and, and and worrying and worrying and worrying, and uh, you know what I mean. The, the the players are letting the manager down. Um, the manager's under a lot of pressure, and 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 is coming out with some strange interviews, um, like the league's lying, etc., etc., which is laughable. Uh, really, and you know, I mean, the league table is one thing. What doesn't lie? Stoke City bottom of the league, and the bottom of the league for a reason. Barnsley, the second worst team in the league, and the league that and so it doesn't lie. Middlesbrough, the third. It just doesn't lie. Unfortunately, you know, what I mean, I wish it was lying and it was up, upside down, and, and, and Middlesbrough third in the league. But you know, what I mean, they've got a lot of work to do to turn this around and get it right. But um, from a derby point of view, on the pitch, it was a it was a good day at the office, and um, and two could have been. Uh, probably three, four, five on another day. You know what I mean? Goals change games. And when you've got someone like Tom Lawrence and we go on about, there's the reason why they didn't sack him. Because he's got the ability. You know what I mean? So, as a football club and a decision, and I, I've not said sack them all, my, 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 my stance on it would be that Richard Keogh shouldn't have got the sack because you were not going to sack yeah. those two because they're very good footballers. And, and the reason is just it's justified for, for Tom Lawrence because Tom Lawrence is a very good footballer and he did it. He's, 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 he's since the accident, he's let his football do in the talking a little bit. He's had a, he's had a couple of good games and he's and he's proved a point a little bit and he's and and he needed to do so. And uh, and and hopefully for the boy, it gets gets him back in the uh, in the Wales uh, reckoning and and uh, puts him back in that. Um, in Ryan Giggs' plans and, and, and put him back on the pitch because the boy's got ability, you know what I mean? And, and if he can do it week in, week out for Derby, creating chances for them, he can do it on the international stage as well. Yeah, he is. He's very, very good footballer. Um, yeah, as I said at the start, my point was if you sack one of them, you've got to sack all of them. Totally. Um, and Richard Keogh, out of the three, Richard Keogh is another one to sack. But um, I thought Middlesbrough were very poor. Like yeah. I've been, I've been uh, really, I think I've been really, really fair with Middlesbrough over the season. Yeah, I've yeah, said yeah. it takes a lot of time to completely, uh, you know, completely change your tactics for, and your yeah. the way you play. It takes time, especially if you've got some young players in there too. You can't just expect it to uh, to to switch from defensive football to, you know, playing like nineteen seventies Brazil in yeah. a couple of weeks. But I thought they were very poor. Um, I thought the tackle by George Savile was. Just as bad as the one by uh, Danny Ward for Cardiff. We've discussed it. Yeah, him. shocking. Yeah. Um, I thought the first goal for Derby was beautiful. Lovely, yeah, it was. Chris passing. Martin. I, I like Chris Martin as a, as a centre forward. He gets hold of it. He doesn't score as many goals as I think he should. But when he when he can bring players in like Tom Lawrence and uh, and, and, and one twos off the lines and things, he's 
he, he does the job that you need him to do. And you know, what I mean, he's keeping Martin Wagon out of the team, so he's uh, he's obviously very good and, and doing his job because uh, he's no he's no poor player. And you know, what I mean, he's their top goal scorer, so you know, what I mean, he's doing a good job. And I think. Uh, I hit and miss with Derby, you know what I mean, we were slagging them off last week because they, they, they got beaten, rightly so, I played played very poorly and got, got heavily beaten, but then the, you just don't know which Derby team's turning up and obviously speaking to people on social media and things and I think that their frustration this year is just that the inconsistency of their, their, their performances, the away performances are very poor, they're doing alright at home but, you know what I mean, they need to pick up because they've had a couple of good, well they've had some probably five or six very good seasons and this season, unfortunately, is just is just is flattered to deceive at the minute. Yeah, I think one of the big reasons um, Derby have been it's been a strange season for Derby is you can have like you you have results where they're dreadful and they just look awful. And we've said a couple of times that you know if they keep on like that, that Rube Rooney will be manager by January the second. Yeah, but you know, which is said a little bit in jest, but equally, you know. They they have been that bad at certain points, but I thought they were very good against Middlesbrough. Yeah, they were. Um, they just need to, you know, they obviously just need to be a bit more con- consistent. Yeah. So, uh, next up, oh, I thought the the ladding goal for Middlesbrough, I thought was excellent. Ainsley Pears, yeah, Ainsley yeah. Pears. He's Stephen Pears. He was, he was one of my heroes when I was, when I was growing up. Stephen Pears, uh, and he's his, he's his son, so he's only. He made his debut against Huddersfield two weeks ago, kept a clean sheet, kept a clean sheet last week at home to Fulham, and then he's let a couple of goals in the last couple of games, but, you know what I mean, no fault, no fault of his, I thought he was yeah. excellent, he kept, he kept the tide in it, and both goals were, were very tidy finishes. Good, good. Uh, so our third main featured game is Luton 1, Nottingham Forest 2. Um, I'm loving watching Luton, you know, I, 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 I just think... I think they're giving they're giving this league a right go and a right shock, and um, I think this was Nottingham Forest back to their old uh, self at the start of the season. You know what I mean? I think they've had a couple of uh, a couple of bad results, but going forward, I thought they're outstanding. You know what I mean? I thought Joe Lolly in the first half, neat and tidy on the right hand side, but second half, the goal he set up, you know what I mean? He just glides past players, just looks very easy, but he, he gets himself in good areas and he and he's very composed when he does. You know what I mean? I, I thought uh, they started they started very strong. They should have had a penalty after about five minutes with handball. I know the lad didn't know a lot about it, but the ball came over his head and he, his arm shouldn't have been anywhere near it. He, and it hit his hand. It, it wasn't. It was hand to ball, a ball to hand. But his his, his hand shouldn't have been where it was. So it's, it, it was definitely handball. The referee didn't see it that way. Didn't um, didn't give it, um, which obviously angered uh, Nottingham Forest. But and then it give uh, give Luton a bit of chance, bit of time to come back into it. And I thought Izzy Brown as well for Luton. He's uh, he's impressing me a lot more than um, than I thought he would. You know what I mean? I thought he'd gone off the boil a little bit uh, from from when he came from Brighton and things, but he was causing Forest all sorts of problems. Um, but then all of a sudden, if you don't don't put put the ball in the net, they had a couple of goals disallowed for offside. Lewis grabbing, he's just he's he's one of the best centre forwards in the league, and he showed that why he absolutely bullied the centre half. Um, showed pace, showed power, showed strength, and. Um, with a calm finish as well, and you know when you've got someone like that up front, you've you've always got an opportunity to score goals, and and I think one 0 up at half time, then uh, Forrest came into the game second half and just continued to do it. Joe Lolly with some excellent wing play to set up Sammy Amiobi's goal, and uh, like I say, you know what I mean. I think all season I've spoke about those three, and when you've got three attacking players like that in your team, the rest of the players can defend because you've got that much quality, and you know what I mean. That Sammy Amiobi technically very good, Joe Lolly technically very good and Lewis Grabbin is an absolute animal monster up there who can who can bully defences, cause problems, score goals, leads the line well and 
you know what I mean? Absolute joy to watch. And people question £5 million price tag, but, you know what I mean? If he can get them in the Premier League, it's an absolute snip. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's fantastic. But Luton, never say die, never give up. Callum McManaman scored an excellent goal. I've been a fan of Callum since uh, since his Wigan days. I thought he was excellent. He's, he's technically very good. And, and if anybody gets a chance to see his goal, it was a, it was a great finish. And um, and then they could have nicked it at the end with an equaliser, but um, Collins was offside and he wasn't happy with the decision, but he was stood off the pitch. So once he comes back on the pitch, he's, he's offside, unfortunately. So, you know what I mean? I don't think he understood that at the, at the time. But I think Forrest deserved the win. I thought they were excellent throughout the game, but Luton caused them problems. Like they're going to cause anyone with problems at Kenilworth Road. And, um, but, you know what I mean? I'll, I'm, I'm intrigued to, to see how many more teams are going to upset this season but Forest, I think Forest that might be the turning point of their season and they can, they can start battling back up the league again because they've had a, a couple of bad weeks Yeah I, Lewis Grabham could have had uh, a hat-trick in the first half you know yeah. he, he had some good chances he did you know yeah. he prob- probably should have scored you know at least a couple more um, I think that I, one lets him down Si I think I think he he, he he gets in good areas on his own and I don't know if he runs out of energy because he's he's doing all the work by himself or he just doesn't have the composure because he's uh, like a target man, you know what I mean? And and but he's he's got the lot for me. Got the lot. Yeah. He snatches he snatches at them sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, seems um, to. Yeah, I think uh, I thought yeah, like you said, about Callum McManaman, this quality player. Um, yeah. Luton great to watch. They can't defend for Toffee sometimes. Oh no, the, uh, the, the, but, uh, they're absolutely disgusting at the back. But going forward, it, it must be if you're a season ticket holder at Kenilworth Road, you're getting the money's worth. You know what I mean? Already, oh, already. Even if you didn't see a goal now for the rest of the season at home, you've got your money's worth. You must have, they must have their hearts in their mouth, literally. Like it's like watching tennis, and it? it's just uh, like there'll be there'll be there'll be a, a bookie's dream. Every it, it, goals galore. Goals galore watching them because it's just uh, it's just they're all over the place, but they but they, they go for the jugular every time. They don't care who the player. It's like they don't respect um, the opponents. They just they just want to go and try and beat them. And I think that's a that's a trait from when Jones was a manager and, and and winning games and winning games and winning games. Winning games breeds confidence, and I think they've got that much self confidence in themselves. I think they can go and beat anybody. So yeah, definitely. I um I just a special mention or a quick mention. You mentioned Joe Lardy, I thought was again was excellent, um, but I thought Thiago Silva was uh, superb on the ball. Yeah. Um, obviously, he set up the first goal, but I think just his general composure on the ball and the way he uses it very rarely gives the ball away. Yeah, um, quality player. Yeah, very well, lucky job. I said, uh, I said in the summer, you know, what I mean, the, the recruitment was was very very similar to what Wolves tried to do a couple of years ago. And, you know, they've gone to the technical side, they've gone Portuguese, Spanish, technical ability, uh, and with, with a target man up front and you know what I mean, I thought they were they were gonna be the side at the start that seemed to run away with it. And if this if they if they've had the bad run, you know what I mean, maybe this can kick start their season a little bit and uh, and push the the others at the top as uh, as far as it can go. Yeah, they've got the players to do it as well. So uh, it's gonna be very, very interesting. I think once Christmas is out of the way, you're going to know who's going to be hanging around yeah. and who's going to fade away a bit and who's yeah. going to make a late run for it. But yeah, it'd be very, very interesting. Hopefully some Cardiff and Middlesbrough will be uh, making a late run for it. But uh, yeah. I can't, can't say I'm confident. I'm not confident. I'm not, I'm not confident on both. So uh, let's get into some of the other games. Uh, we got Barnsley 2, Bristol 2. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, def- Friday night. Well, defending. You, 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 you're talking about defending. Um, Jesus. You know, I, I was, I was very, um, I was very uh, happy with the way that that, that Barnsley defended last year and, and, and give them all the praise in the world. It was a record number of clean sheets, and this season it's like that they've never played together because they're all absolutely all over the place. You know what I mean? And it, and to be fair, Sky are uh, Sky are being quite clever with the games that they're picking because they seem to be picking games where a team can't defend and there's there's goals, 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 and you know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a. Inevitability of, of of chances, you know. I mean, Barnsley have created a number of chances over the last few weeks. So I wasn't surprised at all that that they continued to create chances and, and and got some goals. But we look at Bristol City side and we speak about Bristol City. And we spoke about them at length um, previously. They've spent a horrendous amount of money, and um, they look all over the place. And Lee Johnson, you know, what I mean, you you judged on results, but you're also judged on the money you spend and your, your recruitment because the money doesn't grow on trees. And if they don't, if they don't get promoted this season or at least probably get to the playoff final I do fear for him because uh, because the chairman won't be or can't be that happy with the amount of money that he's spent and, and seeing some of the performances and results and, and things that are happening at that football club because you know what I mean all over the place the longer that game was going on and injury time comes in and, 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 and Bristol City sit back sit back sit back and I've seen Bristol City loads of times and this season, and for me, they're, they're always better on the front foot. When they sit back, they can't defend. So why, why does he, why does he keep on telling his defenders to sit back and defend? Because it's just a, there was sitting ducks on Friday night, and you know what I mean. I think the longer the game went on, I fully expected Barnsley to get the equaliser, and you know what I mean. And, and uh, I think it was Corley Woodrow in the end in the 94th minute, and you know what I mean. And, and, and that's been two 0 up as well. You know what I mean. It, the first goal at two one, it, it should never happen, sir. You know what I mean. That they, they were comfortable. The game was well and truly over, and they just can't just can't seem to defend. And it's just Bristol City all over. And I know they play Cardiff City next week, next weekend, and it's, it could be a could be an absolute goal fest. Could be, could be. They yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Like Barnsley, very similar to Luton, create loads of chances. Don't really seem to matter who they're playing. They just yeah. create, 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 create. Can't yeah. defend. Can't defend. Like that, the the Ashley Williams goal is just. There's numerous, or well, I wouldn't say numerous chances to clear, but there was, I thought, opportunities to clear it before it reaches Ashley Williams, yeah. and no one wants to take responsibility and clear it. From a Bristol point of view, you tune it up against Barnsley. You got to finish that with that squad and those players with Ash, Ashley Williams in defence. You shouldn't be. Throwing away a two 0 lead with twenty nah, minutes to go. No, nah. he's a leader. He he can t- he can t- he could talk that game through. And this is what I don't. The experience he's got, regardless of who he's playing next to, Si, that should never happen. You know what I mean? And and Lee, Lee Johnson, he, he must have been must have been uh, must have been the worst trip back uh, back to Bristol ever on Friday night. The other thing, like when um, when they brought Ashley Williams in on a free, they looked suddenly secure. Yeah, and they looked, and that's what I think we actually talked about, it and we said. Think that's the one. That's the that's the the signing. That's him coming back in. That's what they needed to to just push on, completely shore it up at the back, and they'll yeah. always score goals. Whereas it was alright for a couple of games, and then they've gone back to to not being able to defend, not scoring a great deal of goals. I know they bagged them two year, but you know they're not free scoring as they were at the start of the season. 
Wyman's doing you know, a tremendous job still, but yeah. I just I worry for him. And I've got to say, going back to what you said about the playoff final, uh, I think the amount of money that he has spent and the players that he's bought, anything outside the top two is, I think he's gone. I think yeah, well, uh, I, I don't think a playoff. There, like I said, I, th- I think he's 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 overspent. You know what I mean? Because yeah. because he, he he knew the areas which he needed to go on, to go on, to go and purchase players, and he knew his weaknesses, and uh, and people recognise that, and people put the prices up for certain pe- for certain players, and but he's paid the money. The chairman's put his hand in his pocket. He's backed his manager, and then the manager has got to pull the results together because it's just it's the way of the world and you know we're on about people are losing jobs and you know what I mean he, he will also be under pressure because if somebody took over that job and had some different ideas that football club has got an opportunity to, to kick on to another level because if they can spend that amount of money um, now you know what I mean then, then then who knows what they can if they were doing half decent and doing even doing doing better than what they're doing now and what they're just just inside the playoffs they could, they could spend an absolute packet an absolute fortune to kick, to kick on to that next level yeah, spending money though doesn't always guarantee no. that you will be successful. Just ask Fulham. Yeah. Um, so next up, we got Charlton, uh, who lost one nil to Preston North End yesterday. Yeah, another. Um, uh, what can I say about Preston North End? You know what I mean. Uh, every time I, I write them off, they come back, they bite me on the backside, and and, and, and prove me wrong and. Um, obviously, they won the, they won the game yesterday from a, from a penalty from Gallagher. Um, they just they, they, they look they look com- they look comfortable. They look like they create chances. You know what I mean? I, I was I was I was surprised with what Charlton lacked and what they didn't offer. You know what I mean? For from what the, for what we, how we built them up, I was quite excited to watch them watch them live for one one of the first times, and and I was uh, pretty disappointed. You know what I mean? I'll be honest and. Um, and it was like the, it was like they were trying to hit Preston on the break, but it just played against, just played in Preston's hands with the way that they play, and um, and just look at the league sign, you know what I mean? The second in the league, you know what I mean? I, I wrote them off at the start of the season, and you know what I mean? But the the the, the turn in performances away from home to go to Preston, that's a massive result, that massive result. And at home, the fly and the scoring goals, um, they've got Huddersfield coming up, Derby, Hull, West Brom. They've got some good games coming up as well for themselves, so they'll be looking to win those games and kick on. And potentially, that, that there's always a team who surprises everybody. We said it was going to be Charlton, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe it's Preston, maybe it's a, um, maybe it's someone who's just going to come out of the blue and, and, and continue to kick on because, you know what I mean? They're, they're fully deserving to be where they are. You know what I mean? On about and, and laughing and joking about league cables don't lie because Preston would be absolutely distraught and disgusted if we said that they don't deserve to be up there. They deserve to be up there from the way they're playing. Going away, keeping another clean sheet. Um, all right, the scored from penalty, but you, you can't create chances and score goals freely like they have been doing. You know what I mean? Last week they were two 0 down at half time, turned the ring things around in the second half, and not every games like that, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So it's a go away from home, solid defensive display, and and you and you get your rewards. Yeah, I saw some reports that were linking Alex Neal with the Stoke job, and I just why would he? Why? Why would? Why? Why would he go from Stoke to from uh, Preston to Stoke? Well, there's, only one, there's only one. There's only one thing why he would, and that would be a financial package. And I don't see why football wise why he would do it because this this team he's got playing for him now is far superior than what he would walk into. Yeah, and you know let's let's not beat around the bush like. Taking Preston up, uh, whether it's in the playoffs or automatics, would be what an achievement. Like, uh, if, he, if, if he got if he got Preston North End in the playoffs, 
I think he'd have to he'd have to he'd have to get um, he'd have to be manager of the manager of the year in the championship. He'd have to be he'd, he'd, if he got them in the top six because there's the, with the squad that he's got and the, and the budget that he's got, I don't think he should be his side should be anywhere near where they are. So no. you know what I mean. All credit, all credit to him, and that's not me being disrespectful to him, to his team. I just think with the budgets and uh, everything what other teams have got, you know what I mean. He's 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 doing absolute wonders and should be given all the credit he all the credit he's got. And you know what I mean. He's not getting manager of the month. He's just slowly hiding under the radar at the minute, and and I think that's where he wants to stay. You know what I mean. So I think he's happy on winning a game, a two games, losing a game, drawing a game, and then winning a couple again. And you know what I mean. Sometimes that's the, the best way to do it. And for Preston at the minute, it's working. And you know what I mean. It, 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 we didn't have the the heroes of the, the Johnsons of last week, and you know what I mean. So and they've still got those those players to um, to come to come next week and score again. And I'm sure the I'm sure next week we could be talking about them again because they're playing Huddersfield Town and Huddersfield have picked up a little bit. But it should be a cracking game next week against uh, Preston Huddersfield because two teams in form. Oh yeah, that'd be a great game. I think um, the one thing, last thing I'll say on this game is um, Charlton. I think are missing Lyle Taylor. Um, yeah, he's been missing for quite a while now, hasn't he? I think. Yeah, I think I think they are missing him leading the line. I think he's a he's a big player for them, and I think it's the expectation for me, sir. You know, what I mean, they're not scoring a massive amount of goals, and when you're when you miss that much firepower, you know what I mean. It's quite evident, and uh, and you know what I mean. That uh, but the pressure will be on him when he comes back because they'll need him yeah. to, to start scoring. So I can also have an adverse effect. But for the boy, he needs to make sure he's fit when he comes back. Yeah, and that's the thing. If he rushes back because his team need him, and he breaks down in the first game back, it's no use, is it? No, no, I agree. Uh, next up, Wigan one, Swansea City two. Um, to be fair, as Swansea City season turned round um, after the from the Cardiff City win, you know what I mean. It looks like it for me. I think uh, obviously the one-two-one at Wigan, they they started really brightly. They 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 play some good attacking football, but then then they shocked me with the way that they try and defend Swansea. I think that uh, you know what I mean. It, it, it was like schoolboy defending. You know what I mean. And and Wigan have Wigan have improved, not to the improved to the. Uh, first game of the season improved, but they've improved better than they were probably four or five weeks ago, and they're causing problems again. And, and you know what I mean? I think uh, I think it'll obviously please uh, please the manager. You know what I mean? That they've uh, that they've turned the things around a little bit slowly and surely. But end of the day, they still lost the game. And, you know, what I mean? as late as they did again, obviously it'll be it'll be heartbreaking because I think uh, a point would have been a great result for them, and it would have been a good result for the league um, with the way that that game went. And you know what I mean? But Swansea. Uh, they're right up there. They they put themselves top of the league, obviously, because it was an early game. So um, you know, what I mean, they were they were there to be caught on on Saturday afternoon, and um, and you know, what I mean, sometimes I a, a win, and I'm going back to last Sunday, a win last Sunday against 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 a rival seems like it's kicks out of their season because um, previously on the on the on the Wednesday night they got they got battered by Brentford, they lost the three previous before that. So you know, what I mean, somehow um, they've turned the season around from uh, from from just winning winning one game really. Yeah, I think uh, Wayne Routledge was outstanding again. He was very, very good against Cardiff, and I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch. Uh, yeah. And I thought he was again one of the better players on the pitch. Did you think it was a penalty uh, to? <sighs> no, no. I thought there was. A, I thought there was a few strange penalty decisions this weekend. I thought. Um, I thought another set piece that that if you, if you're giving, I said at the start, so if you're giving penalties. 
you, you, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, at least two or three penalties a game now. There's going to be because you know what I mean it's, it's it's minimal contact, but yeah, I don't know if I don't know if if if, if referees are panicking or the other are they looking for the contact before it's happening or they're expecting it because there's going to be contact because it's a, it's a contact sport. You've got you probably got about eighteen players in the box for a, for a corner. You know what I mean? Are you telling me there's eighteen people nine from each team in the box and nobody's going to touch anybody? It's yeah. impossible. It's impossible. There's got to be contact. You know what I mean? So I'm just it's just uh, it's a, it's a strange one. So my my problem with that is all right if you want to make a thing where you want to crack down on shirt pulling and the like the hands around the waist and stuff that's fine but you've got to be consistent it's got to be the same in every game and yeah. it's got to be if that means for the first six weeks there's three penalties every game but at least eventually clubs will get the the message and they'll stop doing it or they'll yeah. stop doing it to the extent that they do it now the problem is you have a weekend where there's two or three penalties a game and then the next week you don't get them so clubs and defenders will keep risking it because they know oh, it might be a penalty, but I'll stop him getting ahead to the ball. And next yeah. week, you know, you might might get away with it. So, but I think that's the no frustrations of the manager side as well. That's a, that's the frustrations from the manager side of, of of things because managers are getting punished for uh, for interviews after the game. They're getting yellow cards because of frustration because it's the inconsistency of these decisions and calls because. This weekend, and it, and it happens in batches somehow, that this weekend there was three penalties for me which were quite similar in, in, in terms of all corners. Uh, could have gone either way. It could have been a free kick to the defending team, but the referee's given a penalty. And I just think next weekend, because this has happened and there's a big focus on it, next weekend it'll probably be the other way around. But and, and, and potentially it's the same teams getting punished because it could be the opposite way around. It could be, um, it could be Cardiff City getting a penalty you know what I mean or not getting a penalty because of a, yeah. a decision what's being made and it's just it's frustrating you know what I mean it's frustrating that the, the, the inconsistency and then we speak before the, before the, before the show about, about VAR VAR wouldn't, wouldn't it wouldn't sort this out either so it's, 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 it's human error people are going to make mistakes but it's the inconsistency of the mistakes that if it was a consistent mistake week in week out then you stick by it but it's the, it's the grey area of the rules for me you know what I mean if there's any contact um on the pitch, in the box, is it a penalty? You can't say that. You can't. You can't. It can't be that black and white. It's got to be. Um, it's got. It's, there's got to be. There's got to be some kind of rule. And then defenders know what, where, where they stand. You know what I mean? If you grab an older somebody or touch anybody, it's a penalty. And then defenders know exactly what they can and can't do. Yeah, I think it's those ones where they've got like their hands around their waist and it, and they're yeah. literally like dragging them to the floor. They're the ones you want to see, you know, stopped. Yeah. You don't want to see the ones penalties being given where they're just both contesting the ball physically yeah. and relatively fairly. Um, one of the things I want to ask Jeff Winter actually is if there's um, if referees get like uh, like memos each week of things to look out for or things you know we want to enforce these rules a bit stronger. They're not being enforced you know as as strongly as they should. I would be interested to know if they do that or if they do it at the start of the season or each month where so then you have referees as a group looking for shirt pulling from corners yeah. or, you know, whatever it may be, elbows or, you know, anything. I'd just be interested to know if there's like any sort of objectives or not objectives, but like, you know, where they're 
they're telling them to look out for certain things. Yeah. Interesting. Indeed. Uh, next up, Blackburn 2, Sheffield Wednesday 1. I uh, didn't see this one coming, to be fair. You know what I mean? I thought uh, the way that Sheffield Wednesday have been playing, the way, that, more importantly, the way that they've been defending. You know what I mean? I, Blackburn did have a lot of chances um, during the game, but I thought Kieran Westwood in goal was absolutely outstanding. You know, I think he made a mistake a couple of weeks ago before uh, the week before the um, the, Chef, uh, the Leeds United game, and you know, what I mean, I thought he was he was electric all all afternoon, and then uh, then he goes and lets two goals in in the space of a couple of minutes to lose the game, and I, f- I felt for uh, for Sheffield Wednesday because. I think since Gary Monk's gone in there, you know what I mean. He's slowly putting a a, a, a decent run together. He's, he's, you can tell that he's obviously changed a few things. He's, you know what I mean. They're creating chances. They've they've got a good good way of playing. Um, you know, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Gary does in the in his transfer window if he if he if he strengthens to see if they can go to that that next level. But you know what I mean. The the, the position he's put them in. You know what I mean. This is just a one off game. I believe. I believe they'll they'll pick up next weekend and they'll be they'll be strong again. But you know what I mean. Blackburn don't surprise me. Um, uh, because because of the players they've got going forward, you know what I mean. You've got your Adam Armstrongs, you've got your Bradley Dax, you've got your uh, Lewis Holtby's, you've got your Stuart Downings, you've got your Danny Graham's. You know what I mean? They're always going to create chances and score goals. And the longer these games go, ninety four, ninety five minutes, and you keep putting the balls in the box of these kind of players and the delivery that these kind of players have got, technical ability, they're going to create chances. Si. and Tony Mowbray is 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 a recruitment this season has been absolutely outstanding and. You know what I mean, and, and Blackburn are very fortunate. We keep saying this; they're very fortunate to have these kind of attacking players, and um, and uh, and yeah, I, I probably wouldn't say they deserve the win, but sometimes you get games like that, and Sheffield Wednesday just take it on the chin a little bit and uh, move on to the next one. Yeah, particularly when you get like you pay form teams or you know big teams, teams at the top, you just take the win as as you know as you, as you can get it whether it's yeah. a 1-0 or an own goal or a penalty deflected goal. And yeah. Blackburn, like you say, have got players that are playing together. They are, they've been one of the surprise packages for me right up there with um, with Preston. You know, they're not having yeah. the same success as Preston. But I thought Blackburn, similar to what I thought Preston, I thought they were going to go down. Um, yeah, so I, I, was, I was concerned for them. Uh, and I think I didn't think they were, they were going to score as many goals. You know what I mean? At the, at the time when we spoke, they didn't. They hadn't signed Stuart Downing. Um, I, I, I did think Bradley Zach would have been sold. They obviously didn't have Lewis Holtby. You know what I mean? And I think Alan Am, uh, uh, Adam Armstrong came in on loan from Newcastle. Uh, you know what I mean? So he's, he's recruited really well. So he's got goals and goals in this championship are huge. But but I, I, I do think they do let far too many goals in and, and do yeah. um, give a lot of chances away. Um, so defensively, the. They're all over the place. Um, they've got uh, the, the goalkeeper. I'll give him a bit of credit. Though. Unknown form, Brighton. I thought he pulled off a very a good couple of saves um, uh, to keep them in at nil uh, nil. But the the goal for Sheffield Wednesday, he didn't have no chance. Ball at the crossbar, bounce on the line, and and a lad headed it in on the line. So you know what I mean. Good result. And but Blackburn need to kick on with that now. You can't just live on that one three points. You know what I mean. I think that's what they've been doing at times. That they win one game and then they think, oh, the pressure's off us now. We we won last Saturday, but the signs of a good side are the, the relentless ones that keep going and keep going and keep going. And they've got the players to do it, but have they got the consistency and the momentum to to carry on? Yeah, they almost struggle to get a like a run of games going, but they never yeah. seem to go on like a like a big losing streak. No. They just kind of pick up a win and then draw yeah. and then a loss. Um, yeah. So here's a question for you, or have you, see what you think of this. I um, 
I've watched Blackburn a bit more recently. The last couple of games, I've just seen a little bit more of them. So my opinion is that I don't necessarily they they can see too many goals, um, but I'm not convinced that the problem is the defenders. I actually think it might be that kind of defensive midfield position. I feel like they need someone to sit in there and just do a job and protect the defenders, and they get exposed a lot just in front of the fullbacks and in that sort of 10 position. Yeah. Um, and I wonder whether, you know, they've got someone, well, I was just having a look then on their squad, uh, if they've got someone who would, you know, would fit that role. And the I've got to be honest, the, the, the substitute bench they had for Saturday, I'm not massively familiar with some of the players. So mm. I'm not sure. But, but that was something I noticed recently is that they do mm. concede... Well, I'll, go, I'll, I'll back you up on that one on the side because um, I, well, well, I think you played on, on Saturday, Tony, from what the team, what, team what I'm looking at is, is he played 4-2-3-1. Um, so, for me, he's, he, he's played a front five, you know what I mean? Because he's played Stewie Down and Lewis Holby, Badly Dark, um, Adam Armstrong and um, Sam Gallagher. You know what I mean? So, if you're playing five attackers, yeah. that means the rest of your players are defending. You know what I mean? So that's a, that's a that's a very very bold attacking line up what he's put out. So I think he was going in that game wanting to beat Sheffield Wednesday. You know what I mean? Uh, that kind of formation though against a very good side could go the other way because you could get battered and those five if they attack and they don't get don't get goals you're leaving your defence and uh, it was Travis who played defensive midfield. Um, you're leaving him very very open and very um, uh, isolated, very alone. Me. You know what I mean? Isolated against against some very very good uh, attacking players, um, Adam Reach, um, Harris, Stephen Fletcher. You know what I mean? So you've got to be very careful. It's about getting that fine balance. And Tony's a very experienced manager. But when you've got those five attacking players, like I've just named in that in that in that team, you've got a very good chance to score goals. And and you know what I mean? Two late goals. And when you've got that quality, though, the footballs in the box, you've got every chance to win a football match. And, I think Blackburn will win a lot more games with uh, with those five in the in the in the team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up was Brentford nil, Huddersfield won another win for the Cowley brothers. Yeah, and another another Beautiful. defeat for uh, for Brentford, which you know spent, what I mean. Spent I, some cash. Yeah, they have. I know that. I know they've, they've been on a good run. They've uh, they rode the wave a little bit. They won three before before they lost, but you know what I mean. <sighs> Against Huddersfield at home, you know what I mean. Brentford are really strong at home, and I and I fully expected them to win the game, and that would have put them just well just behind the playoffs with it with a victory. But the Cowley brothers, are, they've done absolute wonders there, and um, and long may it continue. You know what I mean. I thought the goal was outstanding. Um, I thought they created another couple of chances. They're defending really well. It's just a, every single player in that in that Huddersfield team in a Huddersfield Town team looks as though they know exactly what they're doing every time they walk on that football pitch. And it reminds me a little bit of uh, what I used to watch uh, when Cardiff City got promoted, that um, you've got a manager who does his tactics, sends his players out, doesn't seem to do a lot when the game when the, when the game's on because he, he's confident and assured that his team's going to do everything he, he said and more to a T from what, he, what he's worked on all week. And... You know what I mean? He's calm, he's collected, he's composed as a manager and you know what I mean? And for where he's come from, you know what I mean? He's he's, he's working wonders and you know what I mean? It's a big ask for them to, to fly out the table, I believe, because I think that from where they were, but if they'd have started or they'd have had uh, the brothers in from the start of the season, I think they would have been a force to be reckoned with this season. 
because because uh, I think he would have recruited a little bit, uh, brought people in from lower leagues, I think, uh, which he might do in uh, in January. Um, and and the way that he's getting the confidence, you know, what I mean, he spoke about about losing is a is a is 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 um, people get used to losing because it becomes a, it becomes a habit, same as winning, you know what I mean. And now he seems to be he's, he's turned this habit from losing into a winning mentality and a winning habit and a clean sheet habit and, and it's just these players look like they're having uh, having fun when they're walking out on a Saturday instead of just dreading every single minute of every single game like they look like they were doing. Yeah, I thought um, Ben Rama was very, very good for Brentford and um, Norgard as well. Um, but I thought the I thought the man of the match actually was the Huddersfield keeper. I thought he was really, really good. Yeah. Um, but he's just gotten playing he in has, a way yeah. where you you even I think before the game you'd looked at it and Brentford had won three in a row. They're strong at home. Thought they were going. To, you'd probably thought they would win on just because of the league position and yeah. everything like that. But it didn't surprise me when I saw that you know Huddersfield had won again. Um, I think they look stronger side away from home because I think I think they're set up the way that they play. And the way that they defend in numbers, and the way that he shapes them up with his two banks of four, and he and he can play one up, one behind, and I think they are set up like the beat Stoke City away one nil. You know what I mean? They played they played against Middlesbrough at home, but they played the defensive formation. They hit Middlesbrough on the break, two nil nil. You know what I mean? He's he's eradicated the issue. The issue was letting goals in, so he's he sorted that out straight away. So he's realised what the problem is, and he's gone in there straight away, stopped the problem. And then he's just slowly working on other things, and you know what I mean. And 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 he's he's showing how much of a uh, an excellent manager he is, and a, and and his players are responding by giving him the results and um, and throwing themselves up the league because you know what I mean. If if they stay up this year, um, he's done his job. He's he's gone in there with a remit, and his remit will have been to stay up. And so far, he's he's getting them well above uh, well above the, uh, the 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 problem uh, the problem area. Yeah, and the thing is, though, and there's they there's so much time left in the season, mate. There's oh. so much time. You know, yeah. they could go up automatic. Oh, yeah, they, they could, yeah. I think yeah, they could. But they, at the same time, though, they could have another bad run and they could fly down that league as well. So, you know what I mean? The, 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 I think January is a big time side for me because they're in yeah. a they're they're in a position the same as other clubs are. It's it's a stick or twist moment. Do they take a risk and spend some money and think we're ten points away from? Top six. Let's go for it. Let's go and spend five, six, seven million pounds. You know what I mean? We still got Premier League money. We've still got all this coffers in the bank from Premier League when we were when we were in this Premier League for two seasons. You know what I mean? It's self sufficient football club now. You know what I mean? They're still getting half decent attendances. So you know what I mean? That they'll they'll have money to spend if they decide to spend it. And the manager, I believe, knows players from um, and surprise a few, you know what I mean. Cardiff have done it in the past with their uh, with a few players, and you know what I mean. The the Cowley brothers seem as though they've uh, they know the stuff in the in football at the minute, certainly down the lower leagues. Well, mate, there's I think this season more than any other championship season in recent memory uh, is so close. So Preston and Leeds uh, both on twenty and Swansea, uh, who are second, third, and fourth, all on twenty eight points. Uh, only nine points, uh, sorry, seven points ahead of 15th, which is Derby yeah. County. So when you think about that, that's like basically two wins and a draw. Yeah. And you could be from, what is it, 15th to, you know, up the top. And I yeah. just think 
this season more than ever, the championship is so close. And yeah, I think ridiculous. it'll come down to who buys, who spends money and who how they spend it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think... Um, it's 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 a stick or twist moment. It's what people need to start. Well, people have all be will all be looking at looking at it already because you know what I mean. They'll be thinking we need to get away from uh, relegation. We need to kick on to get into the top two. We need to do this. We need to do that. You know what I mean? There's some big decisions for chairman to make, but you've also got to remember that these pot of players. What all these players are looking for. You know what I mean? They're probably these teams are all going to go for the same similar players. So they're all going to be battling it out for these these players coming from Premier League teams who aren't playing. From the championship, for example, Jared Bowens, who's doing really well. You know what I mean? These 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 teams will be looking at the similar kind of players, so it's going to be a, a lottery for who gets the the holy grail players to put them up to the top six, top eight, top two. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting um, Christmas and January, I'm sure. Yeah, who's got the bottle to uh, spend the cash? Yeah. Uh, next up is Fulham zero. Hull City 3. Did not see this coming. Scott Parker is also another manager who's under pressure, by the way. You know what I mean? Because I, I can't work him out. I honestly can't work him out. And uh, and to be honest, if you see this game, you probably you probably look at it and think, without watching the highlights of the game, that it's yeah, it's just one of those games that they'll have battered them. But do you know what? Hull City scored three, but they could have scored five or six. I thought they were outstanding. You know what I mean? Going forward, I thought, apart from a Mitrovic header from a corner, they, they, showed, they showed very little. Um, Fulham were absolutely all over the place at the back. Alfie Mawson, he got turned inside out off Jared Bowen a couple of times, um, and they were just looked all, all at sea. Every time Hull City got the ball, they looked as though they were going to score. And um, and to be fair, Hull slowly and surely over the over the over the last few weeks have picked up and they, they, they score goals, they create chances, they let a lot of goals in. So I'm, I'm, I was massively surprised that the um, that they kept a clean sheet, but. People go on about it, and, and, and somebody put something on Twitter the weekend, which you know, what I mean, I, I, I shut down a little bit because I just don't agree with it. Fulham fans still buy into this possession-based football. Possession-based football is fantastic when you win a football match, but when you get beat three 0 at home and you still have seventy-five percent of the possession, then I don't see what I don't see it's what, what, can, what I don't see what can be going right. What can be going right if you're keeping the ball for uh, three quarters of the game? You're keeping the ball. You're keeping the ball in possession for three quarters of the game, but you're but you've lost the game three 0 You haven't scored. You've had one shot on target. Then what you do? What? What? what who's keeping the ball? Is the keeper just stood on the ball for for, for an hour? Is that what's happening? I must be missing something because you know what I mean. The, the chances what Fulham created were all set pieces. Um, Mitrovic was unlucky not to score off a head off a corner. You know what I mean? He's he's their he's their threat. But if Fulham aren't careful, or say you know we're not about people recruiting, but. Why would Mitrovic want to stay in the championship at Fulham if they've got no chance of getting promoted? Yeah. So you're on about recruitment, but also players have a have a duty and a power that they want to go and play at the best possible level. And you know what I mean? He might want to go back in the Premier League, he might want to go over to Spain, over to Italy, over to somewhere else and, and, and try his football because you know what I mean, he's He's a he's a Premier League footballer, an international class footballer, and he he won't want to just scrape around in the championship for another season. Yeah, Bobby Reed should have stayed a Cardiff team. Yeah, <laughs> it's glad to get that in. Not that I'm bitter at all. Um, <laughs> Jared Bowen, incredible again, mate. Yeah, tenth goal so of the good. season, so so tenth, good. Tenth goal of the season. You know what I mean? I, like 
Uh, part of me's, I'm really pleased for him that he's doing it, but then I, I think uh, he's, he's, he's only got another eight more games before he's leaving. Yeah, I mean, he's. Well, to be honest, and I, and I, and I said this on uh, on Twitter of the week. I hope that he goes to a, a championship side who gets promoted because if he goes to the Premier League straight away now, I don't believe he'll play straight away. So it might have no. an, an, imp- an impact on his on his career. So I think he, he needs to play. You see, so. And, and the way he, he, for me, he'll guarantee the players if he goes to a championship side and and, and gets promoted. Yeah, I think opinion. it. I and and I, I know I, I I joke around and I say, but I, like I'm a bit, I am a bit biased and like I would like him at Cardiff. But I think actually, he's exactly what Cardiff needs. Mm. He can play ten. He can play left. He can play right. He can play up front. It's something different, and I think him off Glatzel would be uh, particularly interesting. Can, especially if they can get the likes of Mendes Lang and uh, yeah. Murphy and White playing the way they can. Um, so next up, oh, he says next up and then just clicked off it. So I don't know what's next up. I think it was the Leeds game. Leeds, uh, yeah, Leeds QPR, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, uh, we've we've bigged up uh, QPR all season, uh, but this was just a game too far for them for me. Leeds absolutely battered them, and if um, well. One week soon, Paddy Paddy Bamford's going to bring his uh, football boots instead of his ice skates, and he's going to start scoring goals. Because you know, I, credit where credit's due, I thought he was I thought he was excellent on Saturday. I thought he led the line really well. He was so unlucky not to score. He had a goal disallowed for offside. He took the ball around the goalkeeper, a last ditch tackle. He had a couple of other half chances. Clitch had a had a, had a couple of very good chances. Phillips had some other good chances. They had something like eighteen or nineteen shots on goal. You know what I mean? So to only score two was probably. Uh, a little bit disappointing for them, but QPR showed very little, uh, apart from a Jordan Hugel header second half. But this was a dominant display by uh, by Leeds to uh, at the time it was to send them top of the league. And you know what I mean? I thought they were um, I thought they were very 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 strong. And you know what I mean? There's going to be there's not going to be many teams who are going to go to Elm Road and, and turn them over because they're just they're just so strong and they keep clean sheets as well. You know what I mean? That that was the what was the fifteenth game and they've let eight goals in. You know what I mean? That's that's outstanding. You know what I mean? They've they've only scored nineteen, whereas like West Brom's have scored twenty seven, Preston have scored twenty eight. You know what I mean? So they're not scoring as many goals as they should. But you know what I mean? When you're keeping clean sheets, one goal's enough. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, and they're defending like we thought some other teams would. Yeah, because obviously when Pontus Janssen Janssen went, yeah. we we wondered whether they might struggle a bit at the back. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, I, I thought Bielsen would have had him just attacking and like Kevin Keegan and attack, attack, attack and yeah. winning games four three. But you know what I mean? He's got them. He's got them playing exactly the way that he wants them to play. Italian football, defend when they need to defend, and then break away and get goals and at pace and fullbacks crossing, wingers attacking. You know what I mean? Jack Harrison's goal, I thought was outstanding. Cleeton midfield is so just dominating, dominating, dominating games. And I actually it's thought fair if. If Paddy if Paddy starts scoring goals, mate, I do feel for the league. I honestly do. But yeah. he needs to score. Yeah, he's got to score first, mate. He um I think the last couple of games, Glick has not been as effective. Like he's been decent, he's tidy with the ball, but he hasn't been as good. Whereas I thought versus QPR, I thought he was incredible. I thought he was really, really back to where he was at the start of the season. Sharp, composed. And I just thought Leeds looked very comfortable. They yeah. just looked like there was never any doubt that they were going to score and they were going to, you know, they were going to win, and it was just a comfortable victory. Um, 
which says a lot because QPR have been in good form all season, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, so last game is Reading two, Millwall one. Um, I spoke about at the start, didn't I, about the uh, Mark Bowen effect, and um, and uh, to be fair, they were they were well worthy, well worthy winners um, going forward. I thought they were they were at their own at their own best. I'm, I'm going back to Cardiff when they, when they, when they beat Cardiff a few um, a few months ago now, but I thought they were outstanding going forward. I thought the goals that they scored were were excellent, and defensively, I worry for them because they do seem to um, be all at sea. You know what I mean? And and, and I probably put that in. Um, it's like patches for me, you know what I mean? You, you, you go 2-0 two two up at half-time, the game should be dead and buried, you know what I mean? That You shut up shop for a little bit, and you frustrate teams and you hit them on the break because they've got good enough players going forward with um, with Puskas uh, and Baldock. But Millwall got back in the game, uh, Jed Wallace scored again um, and then they just couldn't get the equaliser, you know what I mean? They just ran out of ideas and, and, the, and the game filtered out a bit, a little bit. But... Um, Mark Bourne's worked wonders there since he's since he's gone in there. He's won the last couple of games. You know what I mean? They're in relegation when he took over. He's he took them up to nineteenth, um, and you know what I mean. He's, he's he's shown himself to be a good manager because obviously there was a question mark over should he have got the job. Obviously he hired himself as as the manager, and I question I questioned it. I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard with, with what happened. But he's doing the he's doing the talking on the pitch and that's the most important thing and he's proven himself that he was ready and it was his time to take over and, and I hope he does succeed because Reading are a good football club and you know what I mean they are a big side they were in the Premier League not so many years ago so I, I do hope that he, he can carry it on Yeah I'd love to see that interview with him interviewing himself for the job <laughs> Yes all right. <laughs> Just be him and he'd be sat on one side of the desk ask a question and then run to the other side of the desk and ask another <laughs> answer um, But yeah Reading have been you know they have been excellent uh, since he's taken over, and yeah. they just two very very good goals. I like yeah. Sam Sam Baldock as well. I think he's yeah, a good, I do. good championship championship yeah, striker. But um, yeah, Millwall. I thought since they've had the new manager, they've looked very very good. Jed yeah, Wallace as well has looked. He's so strong. Uh, he's on fire. He's on fire. He's uh, he's technically very good. He creates problems. He's got pace. He's very direct. He's he's creating chances. He's scoring goals now. He's bringing goals to his game, and you know what I mean. But then, but then Gary Rowett will all be, also be concerned because if he's pulling these kind of performances in now, you know what I mean. The window's just coming out around the corner in a month and a half. You know what I mean. That, yeah. You know what I mean. Millwall aren't going to be up there and 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 fighting for playoffs. I don't believe so. You know what I mean. He won't want to lose his one of his better players and and scraping around trying to. Uh, Trying to get somebody in to, to take over his, his, his mantle because you can't replace people like that. It's just impossible. No, no, you can't. Um, so that's all the games. Obviously, there's a game going on as we record this, which is Stoke versus West Brom. West Brom are winning 1-0 with about 20 minutes to go. Yeah. Um, so we shall finish off with, by doing our two-for-two, two, where myself and Andy will pick two big performances, moments, or players, uh, teams, uh, and two nightmares for the weekend, depending on what's what. So uh, we'll go for the ups first, I think, this week. What you got for your first up, mate? Um, I've gone for Joe Rawls. I just think, uh, you know, I mean, Joe's a good mate of mine, but I think, uh, more importantly, for any player that's got a hat-trick midfielder, you know what I mean, he, he deserves the accolade of, uh, of, of enough because uh, it takes... Uh, Takes a bit of guts, you know. what I mean, two penalties as well. You know what I mean? It's 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 not easy putting those away, and, and his tidy finish for a second. So yeah, Joe gets my first. Yeah, good shot. I um I sort I was sort of toying between him 
And um, I eventually went to Mendes Lang for from Cardiff. Uh, back to his best at the weekend. I thought he was excellent. He set up, yeah. uh, I think, the second goal for Joe. And I thought one of the um, one of the reasons I picked him over Joe Rawls was basically we've said all season about the Cardiff City wingers. We've been quite harsh on them at times, yeah. and I just felt like it was the first game where he showed desire, technical ability, everything, speed, power, everything which he had previously shown in the season we Cardiff went and got promoted. He he had all that and yeah. and more. So uh, yeah, he was my uh, good my shout. first one. Good shout. Who's your second one, mate? My second one is uh, is your favourite player. So it's Jared Boyne. Uh, he got his ten goal of the season, and you know what I mean. Ten goals in a uh, what we got sixteen games uh, in, for a whole city is is phenomenal going. You know what I mean? And and, and just the way he's handling himself. You know that. You know, I mean, to get this early doors now. If he if he was playing in a, in a side like a Leeds United, like a West Brom, like a a Swansea or a or Cardiff or a side what's up there creating chances like the other teams are, even a, even a Fulham, he'd have he'd have probably fifteen or closer to twenty the way that he's playing. You know what I mean? So towards the end of the season, if he can carry this on or get himself a, a move to the championship and uh, to a to a good side in the championship, I think he'll. Uh, He'll get himself in the Premier League next season because good good players deserve to be playing in the Premier League and, and Jared this season for me. What and I've looked at him really closely, especially over the last couple of weeks, uh, and he's an outstanding talent. Outstanding. Shout! Always happy to hear his name getting the apps. He's had a few this week, this uh, this year from us. We've yeah, got, but it's difficult, you know, when someone's playing. It's his all round game as well as his goals as well is so good. Yeah. Like, you can't you can't ignore that, can you? You can't no. ignore you can't ignore it, and I and I think it'd be ignorance if we did if we did ignore it. You know what I mean? So I think uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, one thing that can be said is we are always fair to everyone. Yeah. Uh, so mine was um, I went for Tom Eaves of Hull. Uh, I thought he was excellent all game. He just but the main reason I went for it is the the desire and the passion that he showed throughout the game to just bust the gut to get where he, you know, to get in position for goals and crosses. Several times he ran, you know, 50, 60 yards at full pace. He's a big, he's a big boy. Yeah. yeah. Like like 50 yards to get to the back post. And then the cross was sort of over hit or under hit and it wouldn't get to him. And then right at the end, he bust the gut as uh, I think it was Bowen broke through Bowen shot, keeper saved it. And it, you know, he's very fortunate. It kind of hit him, the rebound, and went in. But it was just the desire to be in that position and get there. Even though he probably thought Jared Bowen was going to score, and they were all, I think, you know, they were already winning. Didn't really no, matter. Didn't matter. No, winning two 0 side. Do you need to do that in the ninetieth minute or whatever? Eighty fifth. No. You, you know what I mean? So you've said the word there. The, the desire, desire to want to get your goal. You know, that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, and we questioned uh, a lot of. Footballer's desire last weekend, yeah. so I felt yeah. that was quite fitting to, uh, yeah. to, to to go the opposite way. Good um, shot like that. And then for uh, for your downs, mate, you got for your first one. Um, I have gone for Fulham's back five because I thought they were absolutely diabolical. You know what I mean? That Scotty Parker brought two of them off. Um, Alfie Mawson got twisted left, right, centre oh, about five times over by Jared Bowen. You know what I mean? So for, for me, um, massively underachieving you know what I mean and uh, and at home against Hull City at home against Hull City you're letting three goals and you need to uh, you need to take some stick for that so yeah I've gone for uh, Fulham's back four plus the goalkeeper so uh, yeah I am um, 
I've gone for Bristol's back four. Um, I I was torn between Fulham and Bristol, and I almost kind of went for a, a combination of the two because I just thought for Bristol City to consist, uh, surrender, surrender a two-goal lead with 20 minutes to go and both goals, they defended so badly. They were just kind of stood yeah. there watching as Barnsley scored without like throwing themselves in front of it, particularly the second goal where it's like the last kick of the game. You, you're winning 2-1. You know, you want the points away from home and just kind of stood there, you know, watching as... Uh, Woodrow puts it away. Um, shouldn't shouldn't happen, sir. Should it? Yeah. Shouldn't happen. Especially when you've got experience like Ashley Williams in the back. There's no excuse for it. For yeah, me. shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. And uh, who you got for your next one, mate? Uh, my next one. Mine. Mine happened on Friday, just before the football. So I've gone for Stokes at his board and chairman for making for me one of the daftest calls of the last few weeks because I just thought it was a an impulse decision to sack the manager. Um, you know what I mean? And it's coming up to a fruition now that, well, they're getting B2-0 now. So, uh, which pleases me a little bit that the grass isn't always greener. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you sack, a, you sack a manager. Today was always going to be a tough game for Stoxy. So, why not give him it and give him an opportunity to uh, get himself out, out of the rubbish that he's put them in? You know what I mean? So, today might have been a... It, for me, it's given the players an excuse to play badly tonight and, and get beat. And I, and I don't like that because I think it's just given a free, a free result um, for players and free performances for players just to basically toss it off. And it doesn't really matter if you win, lose or draw because there's no manager there and the new manager won't be in place for, what, another few days? So this is an irrelevant game. And, you know what I mean, for a football club like Stoke City, that should never happen. Yeah, it's bizarre timing. It's just stupid. Um Next up uh, was, or should I say for me, I picked uh, Savile of Borough and Danny Ward of Cardiff because I thought both challenges were lazy, dangerous, uh, and they were potential leg leg breakers. And when you look at what happened to Andre Gomez, um, where, you know, a bit of a nothing challenge, wasn't a great challenge by Son, and he's got a dislocated ankle because his foot got caught in the turf and it shows like how quickly a serious injury can happen. And I thought both challenges yeah. both challenges were dangerous and didn't like him at all. Yeah. Wasn't you, wasn't you, that. you could have probably thrown in uh, Harley Dean and that as well for for the elbow on Joe Rawls because Yeah. That was it's the pointless of pointless exercise of doing it. But do you need to do it? No. And the consequences of it what all three are looking at what, three three games out of the team. So what's the point? What's the point? And he had the balls to be making out as he's going off to the referee and the Cardiff players and the Cardiff fans as if he's been uh, hard done by and they've got him sent off. He's a victim. Like, nah, he's well, like, you, oh. you lead with you, you lead with elbow, side. You're you're looking to hurt somebody. You know what I mean? Especially the size Joe is and the size he is. You know what I mean? He's probably two foot bigger than him. Doesn't need to do. Doesn't need to go with his elbow. Yeah, he was naughty, mate. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's uh, finish off now with some questions. Uh, you can send questions for Andy every week to facebook.com slash acecastnation or Twitter at acecast underscore nation using the hashtag acenationarmy. You can also email ace con- uh, acenetworkcontact at gmail.com. 
who should Stoke City employ as their new boss? Oh, the position they're in. Um, I, I believe. I believe they will go for an experienced manager. I believe they will. Um, at the minute. I don't think they would probably go too far wrong looking at someone like Tony Pulis again and go down that route of getting them out of trouble. Um, not the football that everybody enjoys, not the football and reasons why they probably lot, they got rid of him in the past, but they're in a position where they need to get out of the rubbish they're in. Cowley Brothers talked about it, about the, the rut, you know what I mean? They need to sort their defence right out. If you're bringing in a, a young manager now to sort this out for his first job, not going to happen. Not going to happen. You need somebody in there with experience who knows the club, who could go in there and, and, and work wonders in a short space of time. And I, and I believe Tony could do that. Um, you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. I'm not saying it's going to be expansive football. I'm saying he's going in there to do a job and a remit. And then somebody can come in and work with him. Um, a younger person, maybe, and someone who can take that football club to another level because... You know what I mean? I think I think Jones was just unlucky. I do, I do believe that. You know what I mean? He's, he'll come back. He'll come back from this better, stronger. Um, but at the minute, Stoke City need to sort this out because, you know what I mean? Everyone says everyone says Middlesbrough in a false position. Well, they're not. Stoke City are in a false position. No, they're not. They're there because they're the worst team in the league and they're showing it every single Saturday at the minute, uh, apart from one. And uh, and if they're not careful, they're gonna they're gonna end up in League One, and that will be an absolute travesty for that football club. Yes, but I'll make where uh, where's Sam Allardyce? What's he doing now? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Is he? I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know. I don't know. I was. Just, I was. I nearly just made something up, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I was going to say. That'd be quite interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? I don't know. Is yeah, he, he should have made is he still, it up. Is he still getting paid? Is he still getting paid from the FA? Is he still I getting paid by know. the England FA? Because if he is, he won't be at the work. So I, I, there must be a reason why he's not having a job. Because why wouldn't he work? He's a good manager. He should be. He should be back in football. So part of me thinks that some people are always on this long garden leave, so they so they still get paid. So because they don't get paid off anymore, so that they can't work for a certain amount. Uh, so of they years get paid. Whatever, they so. just uh, yeah. they just crack their wage yeah. until another so, job comes. Basically, yeah, yeah, or something what appeals to them. So maybe it maybe the Stoke City job might appeal to him. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Okay. Uh, next question. That's a long one. Right. What did you, uh, what did you make of the ref changing his decision after seeing how bad the Gomez injury was from yellow to red, and then v- uh, VAR didn't look at it and correct the fact that it wasn't a red card for Son? Um, I'll I'll address the first bit. So um, the referee saw the tackle. Uh, the referee took his yellow card out of his pocket and held it by the side of him to, to give it to Son obviously with what was happening and, 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 and when everyone realised the extent of the injury uh, Son was obviously distraught and then the ref, for the referee to change his mind after seeing the injury I thought it was disgusting you know what I mean I hate seeing anyone get hurt you know what I mean I've been hurt myself on the football pitch it's not nice but that wasn't intentional you know what I mean it was a, it was a complete accident I don't think there's a, probably a nicer most genuine footballer in the world than Son you know what I mean so for for It'll get rescinded. You know what I mean? He'll probably take his yellow card. It was the intent. He went for the tackle. He tried to trip him, but momentum, the clash with the other, the other centre, the other defender. Sorry, the other Spurs defender. I think has caused the injury. I, don't, I think it's the accumulation of all three. Uh, you know what I mean? Son certainly wanted to try to do that. You know what I mean? 
he's a, he's a he's, he's just seems like he's, he's a, he enjoys loving loves his football and you can see how distraught he was you know what i mean he was absolutely mortified after that so um it shouldn't have been a red yellow card he should have been a red card should have been a yellow like the referee decided at the start um VAR's annoying the hell out of me at the minute because I don't get I don't get what on earth they're doing. You know what I mean? Their job is to is to make football fair and and, and eradicate these poor decisions. It had an opportunity to say to the referee, uh, "You made a mistake. It's a yellow. It's intentionally trip. Forget about the injury. The injury's not intentional. It's a bad injury. We're all gutted about it. We never wanted to see it happen. But Son didn't deserve a red card for the tackle." So my point is, the the yellow or red card should be given for the incident, or the foul, or the descent, or you know whatever it is. It's not dependent on if the opponent is injured and how severely they're injured. Yeah, I um, And I just thought, I thought one of the things which sprung to mind is like. They go. You see a lot of stuff about integrities, don't you? Of referees and betting within sport, and there you've got a referee holding a yellow card, ready to give it, and then suddenly he changes to red. Yeah. Like that's like, do you see what I mean? There's like there's yeah. that there's that aspect to it as well because there was no reason for him to change his mind unless oh. they unless they were to come out and say, "Oh, the VAR people told him it's a red, and that's why he changed it." Okay, that's different. That's not down to Martin Atkinson. That's down to. But to say you've got you, you, but you look at you look at the tackle. He was, he was, he, sli- he, he His feet didn't leave the floor. He's, he's, he didn't go over the top of the ball. You know what I mean? He, he, he tackles from behind. How many tackles do you see from behind in a game? Yeah, it's probably yeah, yeah. 20, 20, 30. We don't see red cards like that. You know what I mean? We don't see it's a yellow card. Tackle from behind. The the rule is it tackle from behind is a yellow card. So it's a yellow card, and he give a yellow card. But he changed his mind. So did he change his mind, or did VAR change his mind? So what I would like to do after that game is Martin Atkinson to do a Sky interview, like all the referees I think should, on decisions which which are, are dubious, just to come out and explain. And if that's his decision, then we stick by it. Because if that's a wrong decision, then he should lose his Premier League players for next game, and he should be down in the Championship. And I hope that doesn't happen because if he comes down in the Championship, he's going to make another mistake, and then we'll have to talk about it next week. So yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Do you know what why I mean? Should... So that, and that, and that, why should we? Why should? Why should we have to spend ten minutes talking about him and giving him, giving him some publicity when he's made another mistake? Yeah. So he, he made a mistake, and hopefully, it gets sorted out, and um, Son gets his yellow card. But more importantly, Gomez gets gets a speedy recovery, and 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 uh, and I know he had his operation today. So I, I wish him all the best because it was a a shocker, a horror injury. But and I hope he comes back fitter, stronger, and. And better than ever. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. It's um, it was a horrible, horrible, uh, horrible injury, and it's just one of those where which kind of came from not much. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, last last question before we get to the the last question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried when you start laughing. Yeah, it's just it's just a random one. That's all. So uh, the first one is. Um, uh, why the F and Cardiff paying the Sala money? Uh, it's just a terrible look all around. Plus, if they end up with a transfer ban, I worry about them shooting down to League One next season and beyond. Uh, I would love to. I would love to be a fly in the wall in some of the uh, board meetings about this finances and about about the reasoning behind why they're not paying it. 
Um, is it? Is it? Are they waiting for insurance to pay out? Are they, are they, is, is there something they're waiting for? I don't know. You know what I mean? Because if if he was a Cardiff City player, which the contract was all signed because he flew back to France to fly back over to Cardiff, then he was only going to go pick his pick clothes up to come back. So he's a Cardiff City player. So contracts have been signed. Everything's delivered. You know what I mean? So monies should be delivered if that's whatever's agreed. If that's five million. 15 million, 16 million, whatever the transfer fee it was, if it was just a small percentage, wherever that agreed percentage was to be paid to the football club should be paid. And unfortunately, what happened, I hope, never, ever, ever happens to anybody again, ever, because of the upset it's caused to families, it's up to football, to football clubs, to everybody. Um, but this is just dragging out a little bit now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was, it was what it was Salah's birthday two days ago. And I just think, you know. For the family's sake and for football's sake in general, and, and then you, you use the word there, integrity, just pay it and just just put the put the put put it to bed a little bit and just let let the boy rest in peace so we can he can move on his family can move on because when when he doesn't when he doesn't get paid, the story becomes a bigger story. Something else, you know what I mean? And and you know what I mean the poor family who's who's been through not just the death of the son, you know what I mean now the dad the, 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 the dad as well. It's just. It's heartbreaking, and it's, it's this, these these things shouldn't happen to people, and you know what I mean. And it's just I don't know, you know what I mean. It, it's not going to go away, Sai. So you know what I mean. It, it's gonna it, the potential of it is going to get worse. So yeah, if it's going to get worse, then then just make it better by by just writing the check. Yeah, well, Cardiff are appealing it now, apparently. So it's you know it's going to drag on, and I just think all it does is it takes away from remembering Salah and just letting him, let, you know, letting his family get over it and rest in peace and that. It's like, it just drags it out and it makes Cardiff look bad. It looks football, football look bad because it just makes it look like really shady as if like, uh, the boy passed away so we don't need to pay now. And I just yeah. think this just not a good, you know, I'm sure there's, there's reasons for it and there's, you know, this probably is to do with insurance and stuff like that. It's just great, but it's just great, bad publicity yeah. outside, doesn't it? It's just bad publicity. Although I say that, I think it's insurance. When you think of it, though, they, they, why would they appeal the decision if it was if they're just waiting for insurance? You would just say to the league, oh, we're just waiting for this insurance payment, yeah, yeah, and then we'll pay it. So I don't know. It's yeah, a bit exactly. of a weird one. Yeah. Okay, then. Right, last question. Uh, Peaches says, uh, who are the first people, or first per- who's the first person you think of when you hear these words? And then she sent a list of five words so cool. it's basically like a weird association like it uh, game like okay like so f- first one is selfish oh selfish uh paul merson beautiful oh oh my girlfriend sophie should be there you go should be happy now so it's, not, it's, not, it's not it's not listening <laughs> comedian Oh, Jimmy Carr. Excellent. Uh, Goat. Oh, Ronaldo. And uh, Prick. Um, Danny Mills. <laughs> Not a fan of you. <laughs> no, no, I don't think we're a fan of each other. Ah, there you go. Uh, he, was he was on the radio yesterday. He, yeah, I don't like him. No, I don't like no, him. He's not. 
not very good on the radio. So you know what question? You'll have a load of questions next week. Why don't you like Danny Mill? Danny Mills? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Paul Merson. You two. What's, <laughs> well, what's I'm a Paul Merson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah go. Anything you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that on the on the live show side. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, and just to finish, we're going to do our award-winning, soon-to-be, 10-second best segment in podcasting, radio, TV, newspaper, any media in the world, the fake Geordie bingo lingo. I might have to create a little jingle for this as well, just to completely, like, overhype this <laughs> 10-second thing. So, uh, what you got for me this right. week, Right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to uh, back to Guinness. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a bit of a bit a bit of lingo. So, um, so if I was if I was getting you to believe something, so if I did a statement, so let's say for example, I'll use I'll use a football terminology. So I'll go down the route of uh, uh, Middlesbrough. I'm gonna get relegated, and I go swear down, swear down Middlesbrough. I'm gonna get relegated. Swear, swear down. down, swear down Middlesbrough. I'm gonna get relegated. So we, I use that. I use that a lot, and I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop in a few. I'm going to drop in a few words over the next few weeks, uh, just to see if you uh, if you can if you can count how many um, borough lingos I uh, I drop into uh, drop into conversations. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we it's do. going to be a it's going to be a test. It's going to be a test on people. Test people. Yeah. So I got a coming up to Christmas. I'm going to do a couple of competitions for some stuff, which I, I've been which is being made and designed currently. Um, so maybe we'll come up with some uh, some competitions. Maybe got to find a word within the podcast, which is just randomly there. S- be using yeah. swear down in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. I like that one. I like that one. So we've got to take the word association. We've got to guess what we got. Yeah, we've got to guess what we're doing. Swear down. Yeah, it's true. Swear down. And uh, we also discovered that if you send in word association questions for Andy, you get some good fun answers. So uh, yeah, you do. And more honest- of them. Good, yeah, fun, honest always. answers. Yeah, it's the best way. Always get honesty. Honesty, yeah. if nothing else, mate. It's the best policy, mate. Best policy, that one. Indeed. That's right. Guys, thanks for joining us. You can find Andy at Twitter, at AndyCampbell32. You can find me at AceCast underscore Nation. Uh, you can also find the show at Facebook.com slash AceCastNation. And uh, as always, the video versions of all the shows at YouTube.com slash AcePodcastNation or audio versions everywhere iHeartRadio, apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher all that good stuff andy thank you for joining me mate my pleasure my friend loved it again it's always good always good guys share the post like the video tell your friends come join us because the more people who listen and watch uh will eventually do the show live on a monday which will be loads of fun because then we get to interact with you all as we're doing it yeah. and get involved on twitter because we're having some right debates at the minute these these last couple of weeks haven't we There's indeed right we have debates. yeah there was yeah, loads, loads of fun loads of poll loads of polls loads of fun loads, loads of debates of loads of discussions and uh yeah come on swansea fans come and say hello there's the yeah. one 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 type of fan which they haven't come and said hello yet no, I, I, I took I took a bit of a bit of stick, so I'd like uh, I'd like a bit of banter to go with it, though. You know what I mean? I don't just, just come abuse. And, don't just come with abuse. Come with a bit of bit of fun and interact interact it because it's gonna be there's gonna be payback. So there's gonna be payback Shit. in the season, and I don't want that. That's that, that's just gonna be one side as well. There's got to be two sides of this story. There's always always two sides to every story. You see, yeah. right, guys. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, and my we'll pleasure. Let's see you. 
See you next week. Cheers. Top man. Podcast Network.